not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. We were born to drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on FM 96.9 The Game. Hey, bring me another bucket of balls. We love it. <laughs> and turn on the lights. I love to play. Because I love it. We love it. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G and are oh, you ready for this one, Will? I uh, yeah, I'm waiting with the hair. I just figured <laughs> it out. You're like a chia pet. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Every week. Yeah. I, it just keeps growing. It, growing. Yes, I think I'm gonna get a cut on Saturday. Ooh, are you but, bailing? No, just like the sides and then I'll do something with the top. Oh yeah, so Okay. Everyone's like Every time We're going to have I, to start posting pictures. I've just been doing way too much teasing. Yeah. Uh, everyone's been giving me a hard time. They're like, really? The hair? Like, And for me, it's like it's really long. For most people, it would not be a big deal, but because I've had like a buzz cut every time. Well, um, hey, I am so excited. I got my red, white, and blue yeah, on. U.S. Open. One U.S. Of the- Open, the second major. And what a venue this is going to be. Aaron Hills, stout, stout. Track monstrous, seventy-seven l- longest in history, hundred yards. Woo! Yeah, it's gonna challenge the boys. Very long, very long. And but it's looking good for DJ to potentially go back to back. That would be the first time since Curtis, Curtis Strange, Strange yeah. eighty-eight and eighty-nine. Being a younger golf golf guy, you, uh, I was just thinking before we went on air. You never know when value of that those golf stats and and commentary will come into play, and like, it's just you know knowledge that you just file away for the time. And I I I knew that. Like I was like, oh wow, I know who that is. Well, Curtis Strange actually yeah. won at my home course, Oak Hill Country Club in Rochester, and the only other one to defend his title was Ben Hogan. But we don't want to waste a lot of time right now because we got a jam packed show for you. All our golf insiders coming live tonight from the press room at Aaron Hills in Aaron, Wisconsin. And we're going to go to our first, right off the top, Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel checking in with us. Hey, Todd. Hey, how are you, Holly? Um, good. Have you uh, had an old Milwaukee yet, my friend? Uh, no, they have something here called Spotted Cow. Spotted uh, Cow? Is, yeah, Spotted Cow. If you dip your cheese in it? No, not that I'm aware of, but it is a, it is the probably the beer of choice. I shouldn't say that. It is probably the hip beer of choice in Milwaukee right now. There you go. It sounds it. Sounds it. Uh, little weather rolling in this afternoon there, but it's supposed to clear out tomorrow. Uh, give us the lowdown. What's happening there? Well, the horn blew about an hour and a half ago and um, hasn't blown since. Basically, everybody's off the golf course, and the competitors have called it a night. They're going to put the hay in the barn and get ready to come out tomorrow and, and tee it up. But the, the golf course didn't get a lot of didn't get a lot of rain this afternoon, even though the horn blew. Storms around the area, lightning in the area forced the, the suspension of play. So 
the golf course that, that the players saw today generally, generally will be the golf course they're going to see tomorrow for the afternoon. It might firm up a bit because there's not any rain in the forecast, which means Phil is probably not going to play. So any, any chance at all, Todd, of, of the unlikelihood of, of Phil playing with that weather delay? No. Forecast, so I doubt there's going to be suspension. I mean, there's like a 10% chance. Uh, so, And he would need a significant rain delay, like three to four hours, for him to have an opportunity. So it doesn't, like Phil, it doesn't look like Phil's going to make it here. That sounds like the weather that they he thought originally might have happened Thursday is going to happen on Friday. No, there's a chance of thunderstorms both Friday and Saturday, correct? Correct. There is there there there's thunderstorms in the forecast for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, you know, probably about fifty percent chance at least each day. Uh, but Thursday looks like we're going to start on time and finish on time. You didn't think we were going to depend on you for the the weather for, <laughs> forecast today, did you? <laughs> well, I watch the weather every tournament I'm at, major championship or not, <laughs> because. It could affect me being here on Sunday or Monday. So I'm constantly looking at the forecast. Well, uh, you know, they've been talking about the the length of this golf course, Todd, and, of course, wall-to-wall coverage on the Golf Channel, which we, you know, rabid fans just love. Uh, lots of conversation about the USGA scaling back the fescue. Rory coming out in his press conference saying, hey, these fairways are some of the, the widest we're going to play, 60 yards across. We're pros. You better be able to stick it in the fairway, hit it straight. Uh, you know, your thoughts and, uh, you know, is this golf course going to favor the straight long hitters? Which, which, what are you thinking? Well, it always favors a straight long hitter. It doesn't matter if it's a championship that's major or not. Um, my thought is that although this is a golf course that is close to 7,800 yards, that it is the longest in U.S. Open history, I, I don't think it's going to play as long as it sounds for a couple of reasons. One, the golf course still has plenty of bounce. It's, good. it's firm, so you're going to get significant roll. The other reason is that three of the four par fives are over 600 yards. So basically 90% of the field will be hitting these greens to the par five with three shots. Uh, whereas you like look at some other tournaments and you have a 535-yard par five, and the long hitters definitely have an advantage. I don't think it's going to play as long as, as everybody you talk. I mean, there are some long holes. I'm not saying that it's, it's short. It's not colonial. It's not Hilton Head. But, you know, it's not ungodly long. And it's just ferocious that it limits the field to the 10 to 15 players. Well, it's playing to a par 72, which is uh, unusual because usually it plays to par 70. And it looks which like makes it, which makes it not long that long because it is a par 72 compared to a 70 or 71. So right. that, that's what I'm saying, too. Yeah. Yeah, and it looks like uh, a pretty exciting uh, finishing stretch of holes, the last six holes. Two par fives, two par fours, and two par threes, uh, as well as the option of making the 15th drivable. So that could be uh, quite a lot of fun on Sunday. And smart move by the USGA and the folks here at Aaron Hills to have that kind of setup. Because, I mean, frankly, to be honest with you, you go back to Marion, the U.S. Open there, or you could actually go back the last two or three U.S. Open. So, and the fact that, frankly, you want some birdies on that closing nine for those chasing the leader or trying to break away from a pack. That's where you get excitement. If guys are just trying to battle for par and stuff like that, you know, it, I don't think it's as exciting as having an opportunity to score and move up the leaderboard with, with red numbers. So I'm hoping that that's what happens this weekend here. 
Well, I heard an interesting quote this morning on Golf Channel, Tom Watson saying uh, winning the U.S. Open took the most courage of any other major, which I thought was pretty interesting. From that perspective, you know, who they always talk about, you need, you know, you need patience to win a U.S. Open. Uh, you know, it's, it's such a wide open question to say, who do you think is in the right place at the right time right now? But, um, you know, who are you looking at? I, you know what? It, I, I'm not sure. This is one of those mystery major championships where it's not easy to pick a single favorite. Let's start at the top. Dustin Johnson. He arrives here after missing the cut at, at Muirfield Village of the Memorial, pretty significantly, by the way. Wife just had a baby on Monday. Where is his head right now? Um, you go to number two, Rory McIlroy. He's been injured. He hasn't played as much as he's wanted to this year because of that injury. Competitively, does he have rust? Jordan Spieth's been inconsistent. Jason Day's been inconsistent. So, it's really difficult to find somebody who you think is a favorite here this week. And also, if you add the factor that this is a brand-new golf course that players are seeing for the first time, most of them, at least this week. So it's kind of throw, throw a bunch of names up in the air and, and pick one. Um, it, it's not easy right now to pick a single favorite or a couple of favorites because of all the factors I just mentioned. Uh, how about betting on the hometown kid, Steve Stricker, given well, you know, the, 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 the options here? And, and to be frank, why not? Um, Steve played well at Muir, uh, Muirfield Village at the Memorial. He was the medalist at the Memphis sectional qualifier. Uh, I personally, given his affection and, and being comfortable in this state, and, and he will have a crowd behind him, why not say Steve Stricker will be in the mix come the final nine on Sunday. I, I would not be shocked. I think that would be an awesome story. Do you think, I mean, at this point, though, honestly, does he have the length to be able to kind of keep up at that? You know, we all know that he can putt and, and is great with the wedge game. Um, but off the tee, long irons, I mean, where is his game at at this point? Well, I think we get intoxicated so much with length. I think that that is not necessarily the biggest thing that's going to lead to a winner. It is not. Now, it, it helped last year with Dustin Johnson with but Jordan Spieth won at Chambers Bay, and he is average when it comes to distance off the tee. Uh, so he's not, he's not – would you consider Jordan Spieth a power hitter? No. I mean, he was hitting 340-yard drives in that U.S. Open with really firm, hard fairways, though, too. But if you, look, if you want to get into that discussion, if you look at the statistics, nobody hit it shorter and more crooked. It was the worst driving performance in the last 50 years by a winner of U.S. Open. That's a good and, one. And, yeah, and it was. But he made it up in other aspects of his game, specifically his putting. Steve is not short. He's not long. He's probably middle of the pack. But he's a phenomenal wedge player, and guys are going to miss these greens if you're good around the green or if you set yourself up for good wedge shots in these par fives, which he can take advantage of. Absolutely, Steve Stricker can play. And like I mentioned, he's coming in here with, with some confidence. Um, yeah, I, I, I just don't think that – I think it's easy for us to – and granted, I agree – Guys who hit it far and straight have an advantage. But that's not the only way to get the ball in the hole. You still got to putt. You still have to have a great iron game. You still have to have a great short game. You, you don't win championships, major championships, off the tee. Yeah, and Todd, you know, interesting this morning, I heard um, several you know, guys on, on Golf Channel, uh, Chris DeMarco, John Cook, you know, experienced players talking about, especially at the U.S. Open, that bogeys are good. Uh, the thing you want to avoid is, is you know, the big numbers. 
And uh, I think they gave a stat where out of the last five or six winners, um, you know, there were only three double bogeys in those total number of rounds, which I thought was significant. So what does that mean? A lot of them are practicing those 75 to 100-yard chips. Well, that's where the patience comes in. That's where you have to say, okay, I'll I'll take a bogey. Uh, But I don't want to make double or triple or worse. Um, So if you hit it, and let's say you do hit it in this fescue out here, this nasty rough that's just about knee high. If you find the ball, just chop it sideways, get it out and play, um, and and then go from there. Um, so that's the the guy who says, "Oh, you know what? I'm 150 yards out. I think I can probably muscle this out uh, of this this deep fescue and, and get it on the green, and then it stays in the fescue, and then all of a sudden you're bringing double and triple boogie into play. Well, then that's the kind of player that that doesn't have the right mental capacity to win this major championship. If we look at a, a short list, you would tend to go with uh, the players, you know, the veterans who have been there before, who have won a major championship. You know, you look at Justin Rose, you look at um, certainly Sergio. You know, do you feel someone like that is going to have an upper edge or, you know, somebody is at somebody's time like Ricky Fowler to break through? Well, it's easy to do that, and I understand, and you're right, experience of uh, being under the white-hot spotlight of, of trying to win a major championship and succeeding, I feel like, is an advantage. However, if you look back, dating back to Jason Day at the PGA Championship in this state at Whistling Strait, the last six major championship winners are all first-time major championship winners. So that trend is happening right now. So... I, that, that's just that's just kind of debunking the theory that you have to have experience of winning to win because it, it's definitely not trending that way right now. All right, Todd. Well, we always appreciate your time. Before we let you go, so who's your pick, my man? <laughs> I tell you, I, it's very difficult to pick. I, I'm, I'm going to give you two, okay? And neither one of them made it, won a major championship. Um, because this golf course is, is, is you have to be creative and imaginative, I think Ricky Fowler is playing well, and he loves to use that imagination, especially if the wind blows out here. And Justin Thomas, the man has won three times his PGA Tour season, and nobody talks about him at all. He's completely under the radar. He had a chance to win at the Memorial in his last start. I think he's trending right now, and he has the firepower here to win. So I like those two guys. If I'm going to pick two guys to like, this week. I love it. I love it. Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel. Check out all their wall-to-wall coverage all this week, the U.S. Open. Thanks so much for giving us a few minutes. Have a great week. My pleasure. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, 96.9 The Game. It's the U.S. Open, the eve of the U.S. Open, our second major. Stay with us. We've got lots more coming up. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. The struggler's blues. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4. In the house, Holly G. And Will Perry. We're on the eve of the U.S. Open Championship, our second major of the year. And, hey, it's a special night, so we're going to give away some swag. The Big Summer Golf Cart, as you know, uh, on sale right now for the rest of June for $25, bucks, uh, normally 60 So what a deal. And uh, go to the Big Summer Golf Cart. 
This is something, if you haven't bought a Father's Day gift yet, go to the website. You can grab one. Make it easy. Play some of the best courses in Central Florida. Caller number 4, 407-916-8255. 407-916-8255. Call in for your free summer golf cart. Let's, uh, on, on the next one, let's give one away through Twitter. All right, we'll do that. All right, we might even do a little insiders. trivia question. Okay, yeah, I've got I've been teeing up a couple stats, so uh, we could definitely do that. All right, well, we're going to waste no more time. We're going back to the press room at Aaron Hills, and he's president of the Golf Writers Association of America, former senior writer for golf for Sports Illustrated, Golf Illustrated. Oh my God, that was like back in the fifties. <laughs> Hello, and he was once the writer for the Milwaukee newspaper. Gary Van Sickle, hello. As president, I grant you permission to speak. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you kindly, sir. So as president, I know you've had some uh, interesting comments about our United States Golf Association in your article today in the morning read uh, that uh, they must avoid an over-the-top Aaron Hills. We know you certainly have some thoughts about this, and uh, please expound. Well, they got two problems. One is uh, the weather could be crazy, but they have messed up the last two U.S. Opens and the Women's Open. Uh, not necessarily personally, but generally they have. Chambers Bay lost the greens, and we, of course, know the Dustin Johnson affair at Oakmont last year. So they really need to end. They have a lot of egg on their face. They really need to scrape it off and have a blunder-free open. Uh, so... This is what this is. This is the goal, and if the weather cooperates, then they might be able to pull it off finally. Well, I know one thing they've done is they've they've changed their their uh, approach with the rules officials, uh, and I believe they're going to have two on every golf hole. Is that accurate, Gary? I think I think they instead of having a, a rules official watching with each group, they've got one guy like on every other hole or something. So there's somebody nearby, and they're going to be able to just wander up and down the hole and if there's a trouble spot they're going to be right there they've also got a five-man committee who is going to oversee this jeff pagel or i'm sorry tom pagel who the guy made the decision last year he's got he is now the emperor he has the power to make it a, a final ruling on the spot if need be none of this wait wait two hours before he decide he is empowered to make the call even if it's wrong and keep things moving and also, all these guys have, uh, last year, one of their excuses on the Dustin thing was, why don't you guys use tablets? And they're like, Mike Davis said, uh, we don't have any. Now they have Aye. tablets, so <laughs> they are poised to pounce on anything. And to be honest, they fixed the ball-moving rule by saying, you know, the local rule saying, if it's not your fault, just put it back and play on. So to be honest, that was the fire they needed to put out. There probably isn't going to be any kind of rules mess up, because that was the that was the big one with the greens they set up. So, you know, I think uh, they did everything they could. I, I think they might have finally got it right. I, I hate to say that, but I think they did. Well, I mean, you kind of mentioned a couple other things in regards to the course setup. Um, but, I mean, what about this aspect of, of scaling back the fescue? I mean, that's kind of like a – seems like a last-minute, like, reaction decision. Well, it was related to the fact they got two inches of an uh, inch and a half of rain Monday night, and the ref that fescue gets so wet it starts falling over on itself, and they just thought it was getting too severe. And if they get any more rain, which, frankly, I'm indoors right now at a, at a actually a food a custard place because another storm cells passing right over, and there's 
more rain tonight. There's more rain Friday. Uh, they need to kind of gear back on the rough because, uh, you know, this this is looking like Florida here with all the rain and it's liable to grow a jungle like Florida. So they, they are trying to err on the side of caution, referencing my earlier point where they can't afford to screw up yet again. So uh, I, I think it was a good idea and we'll see, you know, this, this fescue stuff is, is, is deep and, uh, and pretty strong. I, I want to know, Gary, do they have yep. a cheese and bratwurst-flavored yep. custard there? Enjoy. Oh, that sounds awful. Uh, I don't know. They probably they got everything here. This is, uh, if you ever come to Milwaukee, the legendary place is called Cops with a K. They have frozen custard. And, you know, they have good burgers. But the main reason to come here is the, is the custard. And I, I'm normally a chocolate malt guy. I don't care for strawberry flavoring, but they have a strawberry shake. That's the only thing I ever get here because you can't suck the shake through a straw on account of a chunk of strawberry clogs it up. <laughs> it's made with actual strawberries. It's the greatest strawberry shake in the world. Off-rider problems. any ice cream place in the country to, you know, Some... I can get that. Uh, so, you know, it's a great spot, and... I'm making a food run for a partner of mine who works down the road here in, in and that's how it, at a golf store. That, that's how it goes for the most esteemed golf writers covering our uh, U.S. Yeah. Open. I, I, I went from president of the golf writers to delivery boy. <laughs> delivery boy. Doesn't get any better than that. Oh. So guess what? That's a promotion. There, there you go. Um, so this is the first U.S. Open in uh, Wisconsin. I know uh, lots of the cheeseheads very proud that uh, their state is on display to have the first major uh, held there. Uh, boasts over 700,000 golfers, and this is a big deal. How are the cheeseheads reacting? Well... Tickets weren't completely sold out. I, that's probably related to the USGA grossly overpricing them, which they've been known to do. But Wisconsin's a great golf state. The people are nuts about it. Whenever there's an event anywhere here, Whistling Straits, they support the heck out of it. Even the days of the Greater Milwaukee Open, you know, even if it was during uh, the fall, during football season or whatever, they would come out the weekends. They always, they always turn out. And to be honest, this is going to be a new wrinkle. Uh, especially if Phil Mickelson doesn't play. You know, the guy with the biggest galleries this week is going to be Steve Stricker from Madison Native. That's uh, right. They, they've been out in force to watch him already. He, he Monday qualified to get in. He's 51. He's the, he's the feel-good story of, the, of this U.S. Open if he can do, get in contention. So uh, you're, you're not going to have a Tiger crowd. You're going to have a Stricker crowd. I don't know if he's got a nickname for his – you know, crowd like Steve's sleeves or, you know, Strick's, uh, I don't know. I don't, Strick's army. I don't, I don't have a nickname. You know, why don't you guys have a contest with your listeners and come up with a nickname for Strick's There we go. There's got to be something. I, I, nothing comes to mind off the top of my, nothing comes to mind off the top of my head that I can say in the radio, but, uh, I'm sure somebody's going to come up with something clever. I, I just, I don't have it. Steve's blank or something all right well i think we've got our our question for our uh, big summer golf giveaway for the next segment um all right who who's on your short list here i know that's a really tough question um you know is it gonna be a euro uh an international outside of europe a veteran a new guy who you got your eyes on well, the, uh, I talked to the guys from Fox yesterday, and uh, or today, rather, or was it? Yeah, it was today. No, it was yesterday. 
And uh, a story that will be appearing shortly on Golf Insider says that, um, you know, this is going to be a long hitters tournament. These greens aren't undulating like Augusta. It's so wet, they're not going to be able to get them super fast. So it's going to be like a great week for a big hitter who's not a very good putter. And uh, it's kind of a remedial putting week because these greens are, you know, kind of tame. So, I mean, you think about that, who fits that profile? Rory, Dustin, uh, Adam Scott, uh, you know, a lot of guys in that, in that, you know, I'm leaving somebody, who else another big hitter doesn't putt that great? There's a lot of guys. Sergio. Sergio, you know, how funny would it be if Sergio went from not having a major to to halfway to the Grand Slam? Uh, Yeah. Well, there's, there's four good ones right there. Uh, who fit the profile. It's going to be wet. The balls are going to be sticking. You're really going to, it's really going to favor a long hitter and a guy, you know, you're going to, Brad Faxon was speculating that the, the strokes, strokes per green or uh, strokes saved on the greens is going to be the the lowest it's ever been. It's not going to be, putting's not going to be as big a factor. You know, most U.S. Open, you're 20 feet away. You're not trying to make it. You're just hoping you get two putt for birdie because they're so fast and so treacherous. And right now, I'm looking at the sky. It's black to the south. Uh, it's hard to see the greens getting super fast. I'm certainly not going to get firm. So, with that said, go with a big hitter. Get every if you're in a if you're in a Calcutta pool. Not that we're in favor of wagering, but go for every big basher you can find. Well, I'm going to wager one of those strawberry shakes. Um, you have to come to Cops in in Wisconsin in Milwaukee. There's three or four of them around town. There's one. Right on Blue Mountain Road, it's only about, unfortunately, it's only about a mile and a half from the media hotel. So uh, I'm trying to limit myself to a visit every other day. <laughs> I'm trying to, you know, show restraint. Well, I heard that the hotel's about a 30-mile walk to the golf course, so maybe you're okay. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, the golf course is out in uh, what used to be totally farm country, but the uh, development's spreading quickly. But it's still, yeah, it's it's a good 30 mile. It's, probably 25 miles west of the west edge of Milwaukee in the media hotels on the west edge of Milwaukee. So you can't get a lot closer without getting into Waukesha where, you know, the good hotels are taken by the USGA and Fox Sports. So. Well, as we, uh, as you alluded to, we have a great blog from you that's just gone up on our Golf Insiders blog. And can we uh, check you out every day this week on the morning read, Gary? Yes, you can. I wrote about the rules, uh, the USGA and the rules changes uh, and such, uh, and trying to get it right for tomorrow. And it's funny, today was the launch, launching day of a new website in sister with sisterhood with, uh, hey, for lack of a better term, with Morning Read. It's called wheretogolfnext.com, in which we, uh, us expert golfers or avid golfers, play golf courses and either write reviews or fill in a chart and give you you know, rank. I, we're ranking them on the fun meter, not by some high, highfalutin. Well, an architect says the shot values of this course are this course is blank. We're ranking them on: was it fun to play? Did you like it? You know, was it any? Were the greens any good? You know, stuff that average golfers. It's like sitting around a bar and talking about a course. What would you think of it? That's our goal. Because one thing we golfers all have in common is talk about. Hey, where'd you play today? Oh, I'm going over here tomorrow. I played this course last week. You ought to try that. So. That's what we're trying to do. It's wheretogolfnext.com, and I've, I've awesome. got two stories up on that. It's about some Milwaukee area courses. The county the county has the best municipal chain of courses in America. So, uh, honestly, if you're a golfer, you could do worse than retire to Milwaukee because they got municipal golf. It's cheap, and it's, and it's really good. Awesome. One of the best in our business, 
formerly with Sports Illustrated, now writing for everybody on the planet. Gary Van Sickle. Wait a minute, just, just, just one of the best? Wait a minute, I'm the president. That's right, you're the prez. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. All right, we got to go now, Gary. Thanks so much. We love you. You're, you're dismissed. Thank you. <laughs> you're listening to Golf Insiders, 96.9 The Game. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, that's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play in pebble, won't pay the price. I love my muni, I think it's nice. If we could just make We're back, the Golf Insiders. It's the eve of the U.S. Open. Our second major of the 2017 season. Well, the 2016-17 wraparound <laughs> season like to be technical. It drives me crazy. Will Perry and Holly G in the house. We're going to do a giveaway. We're going to give away another Twitter. big summer golf card right now because it's major. It's a major, so we want to give away major swag. We, we love giving away stuff. So the uh, the first person to answer on Facebook or Twitter and name the last six first-time major winners, the last six first-time major winners, um, and tweet us at the Golf Insiders or send us a message on Facebook at the Golf Insiders, you'll get a big summer golf card. Man, Good Will, deal. that was tough. I thought you were going to make it something easy, like spell my last name. I ha! don't think it's that hard. Well, that's, that's pretty hard. <laughs> All right, let's waste no more time. Here's a guy. He can spell my last name, but that's why I call him Jeff B because I can't spell his last name. Jeff Babineau from Golf Week, live from Aaron Hills. Hello. It's, it's Holly G, and the K is silent, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something like that. And by about six vowels in between. <laughs> what, what's... Yeah, hey, if, uh, if, if you have listeners that are Golf Week readers, we have that chart of six first-time winners in our last edition. So There you go. That's a perfect forum. That's perfect. There you go. Golfweek.com. You can uh, find it out right now. Um so we've been talking about the golf course, Jeff, talking about the USGA, getting it right, and, you know, no uh, forced errors this time around. Um, any other buzz going on up there that uh, is we should know about right now, this no, moment? That, that's the buzz. Yeah, it's been, it's been really good. I think players have been really positive about the golf course. I mean, it, it was the great unknown, right? A lot of these guys just have seen this course in the last seven days or so, you know, or, or maybe made one early trip in, but um, nobody knew a whole lot about it. You know, there's a handful of guys that played here in the amateur in 2011. So it was kind of the great unknown, but it's, it's received a lot of positive uh, accolades and uh, you know, the fairways are generous enough. The greens aren't going to be sped up to crazy speeds. So it seems like kind of the USGA, I think is approaching this one a little bit cautiously uh, knowing that it's coming off two semi rough us opens and, and as you say, really wants to get things right. Now, um, interestingly, Aaron Hills is not a Lynx course. They're, they're calling this a Heartland course, which is a, 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 in between a Parkland course and a Lynx course. But it sure looks like a Lynx course, Babs. Yeah, you walk out there, you feel like you're at a British Open, honestly. I mean, it just land. It's 652 acres of land here. Which, you know, last year we thought we were on a big piece of property at Oakmont, and you could fit three Oakmonts in this space. So wow. it's just this vast, you know, cornfield basically with 18 beautiful holes cut in there. And, and uh, 
yeah, you walk around, you just see the tents. There's no trees, only a couple trees. Uh, we haven't seen those in three years. We haven't seen a tree. So uh, it's interesting in that way. It certainly looks lynxy. As you say, it's not really a true lynx for sure. It's uh, and, and the rains have softened it up, so it's not running really firm and fast. So it's going to be real challenging for the medium-length guys. I think they came here with a lot of hope that it wasn't going to play really long, but uh, every raindrop that falls is just kind of changing that mix for these guys. And these guys are going to have to avoid the bunkers. There are plenty of them, 138. But interestingly, unlike most courses, these bunkers have no flat bottoms, Jeff, so they're going to be kind yeah. of tricky. Yeah, there definitely hazards here. You know, there you get in there and it's a half shot or a shot easily. Uh, you know, I think the the hole that could get out of hand here, if there's potential for one, could be nine. Shortest hole in the golf course, 135 yards. If you come up a little short, there's a false front, and your ball rolls down, and you can get in these little fingers in these bunkers, and you're you can't even play at the green. So if that happens, you know, you've hit a semi-decent shot to the middle of the green. Next thing you know, you have a sandwich in your hand, and you could walk off with five, six, seven, who knows. Uh, So that's kind of, that hole definitely has uh, some combustibility factor uh, hanging around it. But uh, the bunkers, as you say, are definitely, uh, you want to stay out of those this week for sure. So as you get through the front nine, maybe a risk-award par four there before you, you know, head back in. the final stretches could produce some exciting golf come Sunday. A couple of par fives, a couple of par threes, a couple of par fours. From the fans' side of things, that uh, that could yield some some good TV come Sunday. Yeah, I mean, we have – I think there are birdie holes here. So a lot of times at an open, you make a couple bogeys, and you're like, I'm never going to get those back because there just aren't birdie holes. You know, you're, the next hole is a par four. You drive in the fairway, and you're 225 yards from the green, but here there are some birdie opportunities. There's four par fives, first time since 92 that we've played a par 72 U.S. Open course, and uh, there's two short fours, you know, that'll put wedge in your hand. You can make birdie opportunities there. Uh, so there are some chances, and, and it'll be really interesting. I mean, the, the final hole stretches to like 652 yards. It's an absolute monster, but it could get set up where – you know, guys might be able to kind of get up around that green or maybe to the front edge of that green on Sunday and possibly make a three and make some kind of move. You know, we had that at that at uh, Chambers Bay, and that was fun on Sunday. You know, it made it exciting. Dustin Johnson stood over an eagle putt to win the tournament. So uh, there's a lot of options here, a lot of tee boxes, a lot of ways they can do it here. It's first-time venue, so they just have to figure it out as they go. Uh, some of the players have um, compared it to Shinnecock in Long Island. Uh, which has hosted the U.S. Open four times and will be the host next year. Um, curious, Jeff, what's your feeling? You like the U.S. Open? You know, there's there's a lot of conversation about. Do you like the traditional tracks? Uh, you know, obviously, the USGA's moved to show uh, showcase the the national championship on on some different tracks between Chambers Bay and now here Aaron Hills. What what are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I I don't know. I I kind of agree with Rory McIlroy. He, he nailed it when he said he kind of has a foot in both camps. You know, I can see both things. It's kind of neat when you go to these places and, you know, this is a public access golf course. You and I can come play it. That's kind of cool to play a U.S. Open golf course because it's going to be hard for us to get on Wingfoot or Shinnecock, right? So, uh, you know, Torrey Pines is in there. You had Chambers Bay is a public access track. Pebble Beach, if you want to fork out 550 bucks, you can play there. But so – 
the only downfall, I think, of coming to these first-time venues is they just lack the history, right? You have to start somewhere. But last year, we were going to a venue that was hosting its ninth open. You have the history of Johnny Miller shooting 63 at Oakmont, things like that. And here, you're creating history. You know, you're trying to make it, and, and it's a starting point. I, it's probably tough for the fans to learn the golf course in four days. So uh, that, to me, is kind of the pitfalls of, of the new stuff. But uh, I, I do, it's certainly exciting. The people here are excited for it. They were excited in Washington two years ago. And, and that part of it's uh, a real good part of the equation. That's awesome. And I'm certain that uh, the fans all over the Midwest, is, as well as Wisconsin, are, are pouring out to watch. And, um, you know, we love, we love the Midwest. There's no doubt about that. You, you betcha. So who's your pick on Sunday? I think it's going to be the as more wet this golf course gets. I think it's going to be a bomber. So I'm in the uh, the DJ Rory camp, and I'd probably give DJ the edge uh, just because he's a little more informed than Rory. Rory doesn't have so many reps. But uh, I like Spieth a lot coming in here because he has room to hit his driver. You know, he's got a little extra room, but it's just it's going to play pretty long for him. But I always like him in an open as well just because of his grit. Well, speaking of that, how about this for maybe a bit of a dark horse, but not so much, Gary Woodland. Oh, I love Gary Woodland. Uh, a lot of length. You know, he's got a good temperament, I think, for this. Uh, yeah, a ton of length. But, uh, you know, and he, or how he about Pat it, Perez? I'm not sure about his temperament. but Well, he, <laughs> he might, I don't know if he has the length, but Woodland certainly has the length. Uh, you know, I like the Alex Noren as a kind of a kind of a sleeper. I mean, he's a top ten guy, but no one knows a lot about him. Uh, he's won five times in the last year. Or I so. like that but, one uh, too. Yeah, but he's trending. Uh, I, I like your pick. I like Gary Woodland. He's got plenty of length, and I think he's got a good temperament. You have to have that. You have to have good attitude here, and uh, he could do it. All right, as always, love spending time with Jeff Babineau from Golf Week. Check out all their coverage this week. Golfweek.com. Thanks so much, Babs. You got it. All righty. You're listening to Golf Insiders 96.9 The Game. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so lean and mean. I got good eyesight, I'll be all right. I get my dentures shining bright. I got a deaf right here for those golf carts I can steer. Well, we're not young like we once were. Why don't you come along? We're back. The Golf Insiders are wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk in the house. Holly G, along with Will Perry. Will, we're giving away another big summer golf card. And this is we just your, want you guys to play some golf around here. This is your all. best deal. Yeah, goes through October, and even some of the deals go through December. Um, for a limited time, thanks to our partnership with the Big Summer Golf Card, you can purchase it for just thirty dollars. That's fifty percent off. Thirty bucks. Simply go to bigsummergolf.com, enter the promo code. Central Florida Golf, Central Florida Golf, all one word, and you can get this special deal. 30 bucks off play, the best courses in the area for the least amount of money. And sounds to me like a great, great gift for Father's Day. You've still got time, and we're going to give one away right now. Caller number two. That sounds good. Two. It's you, 407-916-8255, 407-916-8255. 
888-346-9255. And uh, we've got more U.S. Open talk. Uh, sort of a wild card, Will Perry, this one seems to be, because there are all kinds of... Uh, There's a lot of potential scenarios. Yeah, lot lots of, of them. I've got my pick in mind. Oh. Well, let's let's check in with... Let's see what Steve thinks. Steve Eubanks from Global Golf Post. Hello, Steve. How are you guys? Well, I want to know, are you, are, yeah, are you, uh, are you holding down the fort in Hotlanta? I am attempting to, yeah, you know, we've got a lot of guys that are, that are already, uh, that are already up there and, um, you know, the, uh, I'm, I'm getting kind of regular updates on what the golf course looks like and what everybody is saying. So it's a, um, you know, it, it's, it's going to be an interesting week up there. There's no doubt about it. Well, um, you know, we've been talking, <laughs> you know, it's, it's such a full deck here in terms of, who potentially could be hoisting that trophy on Sunday? Um, I don't know. Something's. I've got some feeling that it's not going to be somebody we're looking at. I just. I just have this feeling. I'm. I don't know. What do you. What do you think, Will Perry? Oh well, my plan B is Kevin Kisner, but we'll all elaborate when we get down there. Steve, what do you think? We're. We're here to hear you. Hear from you, not from me. Well, I mean, look, I, you know, I, Kevin Kisner is not a is not a half bad pick. Um, I, I just got to go with somebody who has got some major championship experience, and I'm going to pull a wild card out of the hat here, and I'm going to go with Rory McIlroy. And the reason I'm going to go with Rory is because he is the one guy who is saying, "What are you complaining about? This is a major championship. It's supposed to be hard. We're supposed to have waist high rough. Um, stop complaining and go play." Uh, these golf, these, these fairways are. I mean, he looks at them and he sees a runway out there. He sees something that he says fifty yards wide. If you can't hit that, you shouldn't be out here. Um, so I think he's entering it with a mindset that I like. He's got a great attitude about it. Uh, and in a U.S. Open setting, that's what it takes above all else. Uh, it takes the attitude to know this is going to be hard. This is what it's all about. Um, and and I can I can outlast these guys in these conditions. The old Nicholas scenario. When he hears somebody complains, he just marks them off the list. Uh, I think that's what you've got with Rory right now, and I, and I like the, the the moxie he's showing uh, going into this. You know who's flying a little under the radar, and it could have been a much different story, especially um, you know if he had become the Masters champion, and that's Justin Rose. And we know yes. Justin likes that. He he likes sort of sneaking up. You know when he's when he's not. Uh, he, he does um, like. You're right. Yeah, Holly. He does like sneaking up. And and the thing I like about it is here you have he's finished second in the first major of the year. He's got the Olympic gold medal, and I think he feels a little underappreciated uh, because he isn't on everybody's you know first page or or top picks. Um, and as a result of that, he's like, hey, you know, I have one of these U.S. Open trophies, and you know, my name is on that thing. Uh, and and I should have or could have won the green jacket. Uh, so there is a um, – I, I think there's an element of a chip on the shoulder there. And uh, if, if he is rolling the ball as well as he has leading up to this week, it, it could uh, – he could definitely be uh, there on Sunday. If there's anything we know that, you know, veteran players can definitely go through these swings of playing really well in a couple weeks' time, um, major winners even as well. I mean, somebody like um, – Oh, shoot. Oh, Padraig Harrington comes to mind, you know, when he won a couple of majors late in his career. What is the likelihood that, that Sergio really could have a chance of, of or, winning this week? Or how about the Duff? How about Duffner going yeah. for another major? 
Yeah, you know, the, the, my, my only problem with, with Jason Duffner, and, and I think that's, that, that's a, it's a good call on your part, Holly, is, is that, you know, I, I just, that putter is so streaky with him that you just never know. And uh, if, he, if he gets on a hot streak and he putts well for four days and he starts seeing it, then, yeah, I think he's definitely somebody that you got to look at. But, uh, you know, it, it can just go south on him in a second. He can't hit the hole from six feet. Um, but I, I do think that you've got, uh, you've got a lot of guys with a lot of experience who can come out of the woodwork and suddenly just say, I love the way this, this venue feels. I love the way it looks. Uh, and, and come out and play incredibly well. Look, however, for the, for the Bombers again. I mean, uh, this is one of those things. If the USGA, depending on how they set it up, I mean, the very first hole, for example, you, you, they could set it up so that you've got to fly at almost 280 yards to reach the fairway. Well, that eliminates half the field. Um, and so you, you've got to have – you, they've got to either soften it up in terms of the setup or uh, expect some guys that, uh, that just simply are aiming for the walkways. What about Jason Day? Such a question mark. Truly such a question mark. A lot of it is help. Uh, a lot of it is uh, distraction. Um, and, and look, I mean, I, I love him. I think he's great for the game. I think he's been, uh, you know, the fact that he, uh, he ascended to number one in the world was, was tremendous for, for our sport. Um, but it's just, look, the guy has had so many injuries at such a young age uh, that I just wonder what's up with him and if his body can hold up. Well, I will have to say that there'll be something missing without Phil the Thrill. There will be, and, you know, I, I know he's kind of counting on weather and, uh, you know, the, the weather blowing in in the Midwest, and it's not a bad call on his part. But uh, Not looking likely sure right now, because I think that weather uh, isn't happening until Friday now. Not, not, looking, li- not looking likely, but, uh, you know, a, a pop-up shower can come out of nowhere, particularly this time of year. So he's going to be tapping his watch at Amanda's graduation, and he's going to be, uh, you know, check, checking his Weather Channel app throughout all the speeches. So, uh, so we'll see. All right. Thanks so much. Steve Eubanks, check out all their coverage on Global Golf Post. And uh, who's your pick, my man? Uh, I'm, like I say, I'm going out on a limb. I'm going Rory McIlroy. Rory, okay. All right. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Steve. Steve Eubanks, Global Golf Post. All righty. Is that really much of a limb, picking Rory? Like, come on, Steve. We love you, but. Um, yeah, I think there's going to maybe be a little rust. But, yeah. you know, if anybody can can pop out of, uh, you know, a rib injury, no For pun sure. intended. How much time we have left? We still have about a minute. We're, we're wrapping time. it, dude. All right. I'm, I'm going to take Ricky. Okay. I oh. do like Ricky. All right. And I like the grit of Kevin Kisner. He just keeps throwing himself into the mix. So that's kind of like my lower on the list pick. All right, I'm going with uh, Jordan. I'm going with Spieth. As I want him to. I yeah, I want him to get out of this. What's wrong with Jordan conversation? Because seriously, look at this dude's record. I hope he hoists that trophy on Sunday. All right, Golf Insiders, we love you. Bye bye.